chapter 1. We looked last Sunday at cause for celebration at Christmas is because Emmanuel, God is with us. And this morning we looked at the truth. Another cause for celebration is because a Savior, the Deliverer, has been born. And we have deliverance from the bondage, from the burden of sin. And um, tonight we want to look at um, this gift that we've received, this deliverance that we've received. In Luke chapter 1, you're familiar with the account of um, Elizabeth and Zechariah, and God told them that they would have a son. And uh, in a miraculous way, they did have a son, and uh, he was to be called John, and to be the forerunner, um, to prepare the way for the Messiah. And Zacharias, the father, was... Um, silent all throughout the pregnancies because of God making him that way. And, and when he spoke, when John was born, um, Elizabeth had said, we're going to call him John. And they said, no, that isn't our custom. And let's ask Zachariah. And Zachariah said, yes, his name is called John. And that was completely out of the ordinary, out of the box uh, that wasn't normal at all, but they did it in obedience to God. And then Zacharias gave a, a prophecy, an exhortation. We'll begin reading in verse 67 of Luke chapter 1. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that He would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people, by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for the record of Your Word that is given to us, that um, everything that we need for life and godliness we find in Your Word. And thank You for these accounts of Your first coming and the 
pictures of faith and the hand of you that is so clearly evident. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to see and understand your hand at work in our lives and that we would be instruments to bring light to um, this dark world, that we would rejoice in the gift that you have given us and that it clearly would be noticeable in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. John, also known as John the Baptist, was given a specific ministry. And in it, it involved, Zacharias spelled out here in verse 76, You will be the, called the prophet of the highest. You shall go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways. And notice verse 77, To give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins. That John's father is saying, John, you are set apart by God. You are the son of the high, the, the prophet of the highest. You are going before the Redeemer, and you are to give knowledge of salvation unto the people. Now, we read in John chapter 1 that John was the one that looked at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. So he really pointed people, and we read in John, John said, although he had a great following, John said, He, Jesus Christ, must increase, I must decrease. And willingly gave up his, his following, understanding this is God in the flesh, and I am a follower of Him, and He came to give knowledge of salvation to the people. In, in a similar manner, we need to understand what we have and where we are in life. Understand our specific ministry. As believers, we have received a precious gift. The gift of Jesus Christ. The gift of eternal life. Do you understand the preciousness of this gift? It's the only gift that, as we mentioned this morning, He is the only one that could deliver. He is the only gift. He is the only one of His kind. And when something is very rare, it becomes even more precious. But think about it in light of your own life. Think of the changes that knowing Jesus Christ has brought in your life. I mean, we can't even comprehend them all because we we have no idea where we would be tonight were it not for Jesus Christ. It's evident we sure wouldn't be here. And a testimony of the grace of God. But it's, it's so easy for us to take, oh yeah, Jesus Christ died for our sins. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, crucified, rose again, gone to heaven, interceding for us, coming again. You know, it can get where we're so familiar with it that we don't realize 
the preciousness of this gift. We sang the last song that we sung, the fourth verse. This gift of God will cherish well that ever joy our heart shall fill. Understanding this gift of God, we will cherish it well. Understanding it alone, as we've already looked, Emmanuel, God with us, it alone brings forgiveness and freedom and fellowship, as we looked at this morning, and, and cherishing this. You know, it is, it is a great thing as a kid or as an adult, um, as an adult, when you give a gift that you see when they open it, they're just overflowing with it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, when, when it just bursts across their face, a, a terrific smile. Oh, just what I wanted. There's great joy in that. Do you understand God the Father is delighted when we take joy in the gift that He has given us. Now, it's hard for kids to not get in this when they see other gifts here and they open a gift and then they set it down and let's go get another one. And sometimes that's how we are as Christians. Okay, yeah, I've got Jesus Christ. Now, what are you going to give me today, God? I want a good day today and I want this and I want this and I want... We need to be brought back to the gift, Jesus Christ. And if all God ever did, and I don't mean to minimize, but if the only thing, that would be a better way to say it, if the only thing that God ever did was send His Son, Jesus Christ, we owe Him our all. We should praise Him forever. And we have been given this precious gift. But with this precious gift, there are privileges and responsibilities that come with this gift. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And notice verse 4. In writing to the church at Thessalonica, Paul says... In verse 4, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Notice what he said, the, the privilege that we have. We, as believers, have been put in trust with the gospel. The greatest gift ever given, and I I just used my Bible to represent this tonight because He's the Word made flesh. The greatest gift ever given that God would entrust it to us. If someone came to you tonight after the service... And they said, everything is above board, Um, everything is clear, but I have a million dollars that I'm giving to you, and tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, someone is going to come to your house and pick it up. And I just want you to keep it from tonight till tomorrow night. 
Think of the impact that would have on you. Um, a number of years ago, I traveled overseas to visit missionaries, and this was everything was above board. This is much less minor, but um, they wanted some cash, and it's easier to, to, if someone's coming to visit, to take it to them rather than go through all the rigmarole and, and do all that. And, and I forget the amount, 5000 or $8,000. But So I have this on my person. And, you know, you go through customs and you declare what you have on cash and, and you got to clear everything out. And that whole trip, I'm making sure that money's there. I mean, this is $5,000, you know. I don't want, oh, I don't know where it went, you know. We haven't been given 5000 We haven't been given a million dollars. We have been put in trust with the gospel. And that is a rich, rich privilege. And with it come some great responsibilities. And the greatest way that we can show our appreciation is to tell others what God has done for us. To tell about the Deliverer. And our responsibility as John's, in a different light, but in the same vein of thought, our responsibility is to give the knowledge of salvation to people. We are left here to bring, what is my purpose in life? It is to glorify God. How do I glorify God? One of the one of the chief ways that we can glorify God is to bring the knowledge of the Savior, the Deliverer, to people. And it is our responsibility to give people the knowledge of salvation. John came to herald the coming of the Savior. We are to help people prepare for the coming of the King. We are to help people to prepare by giving. We have been entrusted, given the gospel, entrusted with the gospel. Not so we can say, praise the Lord, I have been given the gospel and I'm going to heaven. Hey, you've been given the gospel, you're going to heaven. Hey, shake hands, give me a high five, fist bump. Hey, we're on the same team. We have been given this so that we can take it to others. That we can give the knowledge of salvation to others. As Zacharias said of his son John, he is come to bring the knowledge of the Savior to the people. Do you understand one of the things that we will answer to God for is being entrusted with the gospel. What did we do with it? How did we bring the knowledge of the Savior to others? And it is our responsibility, it is our duty, it is 
in something that is involved in our thanks and appreciation to God that we should bring the knowledge of salvation to other people, but much more than a responsibility, our privilege is to show the difference that the gift of Jesus Christ has made in our life. We speak the loudest through our actions. And it is. I have been entrusted with the gospel. And to show the most effective way is to show the difference that the gift we have received, this precious gift, the gospel, this Christmas message, is to show that it has made a great, great difference in our life. For example, to show that we have different priorities. We're not living for this world. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. The world lives for this world, and rightfully so. They don't know anything else. But we can bring a new perspective that there's more to live for. And by our life, by our priorities, by the decisions we make, we can show that there is more to live for than this life. We're all familiar. We sing the chorus, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's how we show forth the difference that Christ makes in our life, by not living for this world. Understanding what is it? He uses numerous word pictures, but one of them, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. Do you understand? We get these foggy days And God's just given us a picture of our life. On cold winter days, when you see the steam coming up from the chimney of a house, let it be a reminder to you, man, it's billowing out. Where did it go? We're billowing out. We're strong. Your life is a vapor that is here for a little while and vanishes away. So why would we make the priority of life this life? It is our privilege to show the difference that Christ makes by not living for self. This is, this is right in the same pod, so to speak, as not living for this world, but not living for self. I mean, it's not about me. And, and when, when self is set up, when it's about self, Everything comes against it. And it is a miserable, tiring, frustrating life to live for self. Because if I'm living for self and you're living for self, our selves are going to collide. It's a nice thing to die to self and say, you know what, it's not about me. 
But if you are living for self, it's protecting self. It's defending self. It's defining self. It's representing self. You'll wear yourself out. It does. We become bitter. We become angry. Most of the things we become angry about are because it affected self. Stop and think. The things that have made you angry, the things that have have upset you, see how it was that it was about self. When we have been put in trust with the Gospels, one of the greatest ways to show the difference that Christ has made is we quit living for self. Another thing to show the difference Christ makes is we have a peace that passes all understanding. Peace with God because our sins are forgiven, our guilt is gone, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God. But then we have the peace of God. Where he says in Philippians 4, don't be anxious and troubled about all these things. Rather, in everything, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. John 14, he says, in the world you will have tribulation But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, which is temporary. But he said, my peace I give unto you. It's a a permanent, lasting peace. Okay, I have this gift. How is it manifested? Not just in I'm able to share the gospel. But I'm able to show the gospel. I have a peace. How can you be so peaceful when you're going through this? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The privilege of God has put me here to show forth His greatness Today I wake up, I can have the privilege by living for Him, by allowing His peace to rule in my heart. I have the privilege of representing Him. As I've said before, um, we often said it around our house, you know, let, let's go cut wood. Oh, do we have to go cut wood? No, you get to go cut wood. Sometimes as Christians, it's like, oh man, I know I need to be doing Do I have to? No, we get to represent Him. That God has, has chosen us to be put in trust with the gospel to go where you work and touch the people you touch as John, to make known the salvation of God. To bring the knowledge of salvation 
to the people. We do that through the peace that we manifest. We do that through the joy that we have. Admittedly, there are days that just don't go well, but we still can have joy. I've enjoyed, I always enjoy reading through Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, those are some of my favorite books. But um, in reading through that, in the midst of all this conflict and they're saying, no, that wall won't stand and they're coming doing battle against them. And in one hand they had a trowel and in another hand they had their glock in their hand and they were doing warfare They were building and battling. And Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. It would have been an easy time to say, Man, we're trying to do what God wants and face an opposition. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me ask you, where is joy manifested in your life? I mean, there's a lot in this world that doesn't produce joy. And when you go to work, there's people that literally have no joy in their life. You know, you live with them and work with them. All they think about and talk about is going and trying to drown their sorrows on the weekend. And they're watching your life. And they're seeing. Okay? That didn't go so well for him. Do they still have joy? You know what? Deep down inside, they hope you really do. They may not give that impression, but they want to find somebody that has something that they don't. Because they know what they have is not enough, and it isn't. Without Christ, it is not enough. But it, it needs to be manifested in us. You know what? Part of it, it's the simplicity of the, the, the ministry of a smile. I mean, that's a simple way of ministry. Well, I don't feel like smiling. Well, so what? If you only did what you felt like, what would you do? Not much, Right? I mean, we as Christians ought to have the most joy that there is. But Satan has got Christians and the world to believe that Christians don't have joy. We don't get to do this and we don't get to do that. And we don't. No, Christ has given us fellowship with Him. He's given us joy without consequences. It's our privilege to show the difference that Christ makes through the joy that we manifest, through the love that we show. Caring for those who don't care for you. Now that's genuine love. Caring for those who don't care for you. It's exactly what Christ did for us, isn't it? Now that's the hard part. Because we like um, this reciprocal love that I'll pat your back, you pat mine. Well, I've done for them. Look at I've done. I've done this and this and this, and they haven't done anything for me. That's not love. 
I, I was nice to them and, and in fact, they, they rejected it. Now you're starting to learn the heart of God, aren't you? You know what? We can't do this without Him. But when we have the Gospel, when we have Christ, it is a privilege to show the difference by learning to love. It is a privilege to show the difference through generosity. I'm reminded of Hebrews, I mean Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8. Freely we have received, freely give. What did you or I do to receive the blessings God's given us? We sinned. That's what we did. And He loved us while we were yet sinners. And He freely gave to us, and through us having a generous spirit, we should freely give. This is a, a spirit of Christmas, is a spirit of generosity, but it shouldn't be just now. We as believers should be known as generous, and I'm not just talking monetarily, generous in our mercy and generous in our grace and generous in our encouragement and generous in our help. Wow, today I have the privilege of showing the difference that Christ makes in my life. By nature, I am not a generous person, but I can show that. By nature, I'm not a joyous person, you may say. But I've been given a new nature. By nature, I don't love those that don't love me. But I've been given a new nature. And even as John, do you understand? John, his dad said to him and prophesied, You are raised up to give knowledge of salvation to the people. That is what is true about us. You are raised up because you've been put in trust with the gospel. You are raised up to give knowledge of salvation to the people you come in contact with. You do it through your verbal witness, but you do it through your life. The privilege we have to show a difference. So, when there's a conflict at work or a conflict in business, do we respond just like the world does or do we show a difference? See, we have been raised up to bring the knowledge of salvation to the people. What a high and holy calling every one of us has been given as a believer. What a great responsibility, but a great privilege. God, you can use me as an instrument to help someone come to know you. Indeed, he can. He didn't save us to say, oh, praise the Lord, I'm saved. He saved us to change us to make a difference with the people we come in contact with. Heavenly Father, I pray 
that we would know the calling of you on our life and understand that we are left here to bring the knowledge of the Savior, the knowledge of you, to the people you bring in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would take personal responsibility for this wonderful calling, for this great privilege. And Lord, I pray that there would be joy throughout all eternity for people that you have used our lives to touch, to plant, to water, because of our words, because of our peace and joy, because of our priorities, because of our generosity, because of our love, because of the other aspects of the fruit of your Spirit, because of you changing our lives. Lord, I pray that we would have a renewed commitment to representing you and bringing the knowledge of salvation to the people you have put in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's